and we're live. Hello, Hello. hi, welcome. Hello, and welcome to the Media Boot Podcast. Yeah, the Media Boot Podcast, that's what this is. Hey, everybody, if you don't know what it is, uh, the Media Boot Podcast is a podcast that brings you news and our thoughts about television, movies, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order, but some order of those four. Uh, today is August the 14th, 2019. Uh, this is episode 187, 88? I think it's 88. 188. I'm going to go with 188. 188. Uh, this is, my name is Matt, his name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt, and we're going to have a nice, quiet podcast. In theory. In theory. <laughs> In my head, it is always a nice, quiet podcast. Well, we'll see uh, how that goes this time. Uh, if you hear some background noise, just ignore it. Anyway... Yeah. Just like I, all my problems in yeah, my just life. Ignore it. Just ignore it. Just eventually goes away. Ignorance is bliss, as they and say. And that's why I'm so happy. That's why you're so blissful. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's why my favorite Pokemon is Blissey. Hey, Blissey's pretty good. Blissey is she pretty works good. In all the Pokemon centers and Johto, it's pretty great. Yep. All right. I like my doctors. You like your doctors. <laughs> I like you my sure doctors. Do. <laughs> anyway, It'll... let's get this podcast <laughs> rolling. We always start with movies, and we always start movies with the weekend. Box office numbers, and yes, I know, you were right. I don't have Making to say you're it. gloating now. I was going to ask, what happened last week with our... Last week, back. if we flash back to last week, uh, you had the controversial opinion that, uh, not so much, I guess, uh, that uh, last week's number one uh, movie, Hobbs and Shaw, would take the second, uh, a second week of number oneness. It would just roll over. Over the new films. And yes, you were correct, it mm-hmm. did. Uh, to the tune of $25 million, adding to its $108 million domestic total. That's just barely okay for a movie that budget. And the fact that it's just in its second week getting over $100 million, when the Fast and Furious previous franchises, <laughs> films... Have hit a hundred million in like two days. Yeah, it's cru- it's it's not doing well. No. Uh, so apparently, no one wants to see a Fast and Furious I, without the Fast and Furious. Like characters. I said last week, I think it's fast fatigue. I think we've gotten to the point with that franchise that people are fatigued. It may be fast fatigue, but it could also be that you want to see those characters and not the side characters. Maybe, but I don't think Vin this Diesel is the Joey situation we no, have. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think this is uh, people wanting to see Vin Diesel and being disappointed that he's not in this. I don't think that there's that much attachment with the characters here. No, I am saying that this is 2019's version of back when we started this podcast, and I said the same thing about Transformers. Remember? Transformers fatigue. I said that that last last night, Transformers, was Mm -hmm. Transformers fatigue, and they were done making those things, and I was right. Yeah. I really think this is the the same thing. Are they done making these? Probably not in this case because they already have one in the can. Right. So it's like... And I think that this will prove in negotiations for yeah. the main cast's contract. I think this just puts the future of the franchise into question. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, uh, it has been a decade since yeah. the first film. That's true. 2000. It's, it's been a while. Come on. Yeah. Say it like you mean it. It's been a while. It's anyway, been a while. <laughs> remember, uh, then we get into the rest of the top five here. And yes, you, some of the movies that debuted last week do show up on this list from here on out. Number two, 
Scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, $21 million debut. Did you expect that? No. Um, I underestimated probably the nostalgia factor here. I probably also underestimated something that we often talk about here on the Media Boat Podcast, the strength of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Even though this is a kid-friendly one, at least relatively. Relatively, relatively kid-friendly. Relatively kid-friendly. It's not R-rated, is no. basically what I mean by that. But it's it does have a genre some... that gets people in seats. And it has a recognizable name behind it. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. Yeah. But then again, so do other films in this. That came out this week. This yeah, week. but we'll get to those later as number three is a repeat. The Lion King is still hanging on there in the top three. $20 million adding to its ridiculous $473 million domestic take-in. Domestic yeah, $473 That's stupid. So while everyone is <laughs> no, complaining about The Lion King, yeah. here it is with just Disney going, oh, Tell me your problems. Right, yeah. Just as they fan themselves. The, mon- the money machine is just printing in the corner just over and over again. Pictures yeah. of lions on dollar bills. Number four, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which I thought was going to do way better than this. Man, was I wrong. Only made $17 million in its first week. So what do you think that is? The fact that they aged her up? The fact that it was cringe humor, the fact that it was Nickelodeon behind it. I think all of the above and the fact that nobody knew who that movie was for. Right. She's like, is it for kids? Is it for people who are nostalgic for Dora the Explorer, like I said last week? Or that's what I thought it was. But no, it's inexplicable. I don't know what the audience is for, uh, or what audience it is for, I should say. Yeah, Absolutely nothing. Sure enough, it didn't find its audience. Uh, And yeah, it's kind of lukewarm. And I think it can only go down from here. Possibly. So, yeah, that's the bummer. But, yeah, number five, though, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, still kicking. $11 million. That's at an even 100 uh, mil right now. That's a triple digit for Quentin Tarantino. So Quentin got what he wanted. I mean, another $100 million making movies. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, $40 million budget, so. No question that job. that's a success for him. Yep. In case you're wondering about some other movies that we mentioned recently. We had like five movies come out yeah, last week. it was a big week. So, uh, what else? Where does everything else kind of land? Well, this next one I also have to make a correction for. Remember how we were talking about the racing movie that had the dog narrator? Yes, the art of racing in the rain. So, yeah, something? we had blocked out the in the rain part last week. We just referred to this movie as the art of racing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think one of the reasons why I was so confused by what this was. Yeah, the art of racing in the rain is the full name here, which makes a little bit more sense. Does it still explain the dog? Still doesn't explain the dog, okay. but here so we the, are. No, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> that made only $8 million, and that's your number six movie, just edged out of the top five. Aww. Uh, Poor puppy. Even further edged out is Melissa McCarthy's The Kitchen <laughs> at only $5 million. Uh. And then even further down the list, a couple of other movies that we didn't even talk about last week. Bring the Soul, colon, the movie. Which sounds like another one of those, like, Christian, like... You would think that. It's not that? It is not a Christian film. Are you film. telling me that that one dude, uh, what's his name? Um, shoot. The, the guy who was on Growing Pains? Um, Never mind, that guy. He's not involved in this? No. Okay, Who? what is this? This is Bring the Soul. What is Bring the Soul? 
That's what I'm at. Literally the question I'm asking. It's initialized. It's in long form. This doesn't have to do with BTS. It is a is BTS, that what BTS stands docu- for? I don't know if that's what it stands for, but <laughs> that's what the film is about. It's a BTS concert. Concert film? Film. Got it. Well, that made $2.8 million, so your BTS army, I guess, went out and see that, saw well, that this week. Yes, but it also made $13 million worldwide, which makes it their highest film. Oh, oh okay. Currently, by the way. This is their third film. I believe that. Yeah. And lastly, uh, number 12 on this list is something called Brian Banks. We talked about this last week. Did we? I already forgot what this was. We did. This was the NFL star who was convicted oh, of yeah, sexual Banks. assault right. and then worked his way back into the NFL okay. well, after fighting the legal system. Okay. Well, that made $2.1 million way down to number 12. This yeah. Week, so, yeah. Not, not a great debut for that one either. But Not really a star-studded cast either. But this week, uh, we have a few uh, more uh, choice movies here. All right. What are the lean cuts of August? The Angry Birds Movie 2. The sequel to The Angry Birds Movie. Uh, Okay. Before you start groaning, I have actually seen their first Angry Birds movie. I also saw the first Angry Birds movie. And remember my review of that? Well, I didn't hate it. I actually think it's okay. And the trailers for this thing actually make me laugh. So I'm not going to write this off completely. I'd say if you have kids, this seems like a pretty painless thing to take your kids to this weekend. Do you remember what I said about the first Angry Birds movie? I remember you not liking it. I remember saying that that film has no good being what it is. (laughs) As good as it is. Because it is an Angry Birds movie. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Yeah, but like, that's the thing is that, like, I think people are dismissive because of its franchise. Yeah. But, like, also, this sequel is interesting because um, one of the dudes that had, like, a Cartoon Network show for a while, I forget which one, but, like, this very influential cartoon director, I guess, is directing this one. Okay. And, like, it's got, like, a different kind of vibe to it than even the original one did. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's why I'm like, don't write this off. Maybe it'll be pretty surprising for people. Either way, it's probably going to be number one. Um, I hesitate on that. Because if anything we learned from last week is that who the hell knows anymore what any of this is What is it going up against? Uh, Well, also next week, 47 meters down. Oh, this is the sequel. The sequel. To 47 meters. Yes. 46 meters? 40, Damn. I forget what that movie was called, actually. Is it 46 or 46? I don't know. But yeah. It might be 45. It's a sequel to that shark movie. Yeah. It's sharks in a cave. Yeah. Underwater battling sharks. So that may actually be your number one movie. Yeah, that actually might be. Uh, oh, sorry. 47 meters down, colon, uncaged. I forgot the, the subtitle thing. Oh, okay. So yeah. You forgot the colon. 47 meters down, uncaged. The sequel to 47 meters. Uh, also this week, Blinded by the Light. Is this a movie based on that song? Uh, this is <laughs> a movie based off of Bruce Springsteen songs. Well, it wasn't a Bruce Springsteen originally. Yeah. Song, but yes. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, it's kind of like Yesterday. Uh-huh. Where it involves a mostly foreign cast. 
um, being influenced by popular music of the 80s. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Also it's it's a coming-of-age movie. It, I mean, for the soundtrack, it sounds good. Okay. But, yeah. It's an 80s movie in 2020 based on songs in the 70s. 80s? 80s. I don't know. 80s? Yeah. Also this week, Good Boys. This is Seth Rogen produced, I want to say, mm-hmm. about the uh, middle school boys who go to a party in order to kiss a girl, but they don't know what kissing is or how to kiss. Aww, they don't want to be embarrassed. Boys. Yeah. So <laughs> instead, they decide to look upon the internet. Oh no! Kissing and uh, delve into uh, yeah, you um, can imagine X-rated stuff. Yeah, you can imagine where that goes. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Uh, also, this week, where do you go? Comma. Bernadette. Oh, is that one movie? Yes. Sorry, you've separated all these movies by commas. <laughs> yes. So I assumed Bernadette was a separate movie. <laughs> okay. Where'd you go, Bernadette? This is based off a best-selling novel starring Kate Bernadette. Blanchett. Is she Bernadette? Uh, yes, she is Bernadette. All she. Right is a former famous architect who gets in who becomes a mom and then sells into mom mode and kind of has a midlife crisis until she gets an epiphany and ups and abandons her home and everyone's like where'd you go Bernadette? Yeah. Oh, as the title as implies. As the title implies. And so it's kind of like a whirlwind adventure a little bit of Walter Secret Life of Walter Mitty midlife crisis gotta go find yourself type of thing. I mean, I like the concept, I like the cast, but okay. I, this thing will not do well unless you get some Oscar buzz, and yeah. that's a long shot, because we're still in August. Well, we'll see, but uh, yeah, 47 meters down is probably your... Uh, that's where I want to put it. It seems like that, that's a good late summer. It's uh, a safe shark movie season. with an established... Yeah. I don't want to call it a franchise, but established first movie. Yeah, exactly. People know what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you see any movies this week? I did not. Still, again? Again. Wow. I know, I'm in a drought here. It's been busy. It's not your fault. I have been busy. Yeah, it's been crazy. So, yeah, I did also not, did not see any movies. I mean, there's something that I'm that is, I guess, movie as but it's as a, a TV. Movie, but it's TV length, so I'm we'll going to talk about TV. it TV length. Yeah. Anyway. All right, that's it for films, then, and we move into movie news. All right. What is our first story? Well, our first story first to begin. I want to flash back for a moment. Remember Dark Phoenix? I try not to, but yes, (laughs) I saw it. That came out this year. Yes, and I saw that movie. I had one of my brunchin' movies on that. (laughs) So yeah, not only was that a critical disappointment, but it was also a box office disappointment. Uh, Yes, I believe when we reported on that movie... Disney, having already purchased Fox, was already writing it off as a loss. Well, guess what? We finally have the first quarter of Fox being owned by Disney over. And, well, CEO Bob Iger is going is taking stock of what uh, his new uh, baby has performed for them. All right, what did it spit up? Oh, boy. So he's got harsh words for the executives that remained at the Fox studio after the purchase. Because he made the message clear that their earnings were well below where it had been and well below where we hoped it would be when we made the acquisition, unquote. So, Iger's not too happy with the bot. 
Well, I was expecting that it has, they'll purchase it before summer, and then when that's done, they'll have the summer the revenue summer to help bolster what they just bought. Except here's the problem, is that the stuff that was in the pipeline that released in summer didn't do stellar. In fact... Okay, what did we release? The only of the four films that made a profit was Breakthrough, uh, which had a budget of $50 million in, or, or, sorry, that made $50 million and a budget of only 14 Which is... That was a faith-based movie. Yeah. So those are going to be low, cheap to make anyways. The majority of their loss, by the way, came from Dark Phoenix, which, of course, had a budget of a ridiculous $170 million. No, no, that's a loss. Oh, that's a loss. They wrote off the loss of $170 million. That's how much the... Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. Well... Uh, the other two films that they released were Stuber uh-huh. and, just recently, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Wow. Which, technically, it's at the end, but it but, still counts as yeah, the, okay. that quarter. Yeah, not great. Well, this disappointment has led Bob Iger to shift Alan Horn to run Fox... And will be tasked with, quote, redefining 20th Century Fox's film strategy for the future. The one bright spot on the Fox roster, by the way, seems to be Fox Searchlight, but we'll have to wait and see its impact around award season where it typically, pun intended, shines. Right, because those are where a lot of the independent films They're independent get released. house, kind of more like Oscar Beatty films. Yeah. Right. Uh, but this was kind of like a tie-in to last week. When they did announce not only the bundle for Disney Plus, they also kind of announced that Fox may have been in trouble where they canceled a bunch of shit. This yeah. is why they canceled why. a bunch of yeah. shit. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, rough. Rough stuff. Yeah. Right now, the only thing that is currently in development at Fox is Avatar, Harry Potter, no, and Planet of the Apes. Avatar and Planet of the Apes. I think those are the only two, like, main franchise temples that are still going to be continuing under Disney at Fox. Yeah. But everything else that they had planned or was in production got scrapped, plugged, pulled. They're hitting a harsh reset on it. And officially, as of yesterday, Marvel Studios is taking complete control of X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four. All the Basically, the Fox properties. So yeah, uh, so yeah, a little quarter one already, and things are shaking up. So only crazier from here on out. Which kind of makes you wonder that if they hadn't bought Fox, and these films still came out and performed like they did, as you probably would have. Then what would have happened? Then what would have happened to Fox? They would have just been like they sitting knee deep in yeah. debt shit of yeah, no. films. That's like, uh, help. Help! Oh, white yeah. flag. No, they would have been, asking, this they would have been asking for people to buy them, but also the price tag would have been significantly lower, which is probably the main reason why Iger's upset. Well, yeah, it's because they, they spent a lot of money. Billion dollars. Yeah, they spent spent a lot of, a lot of money on something that's basically making them lose money now. Yeah, well, it's they spent seventy three billion dollars, and then had to ride off another Hurts. quarter of a million dollars in loss in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean. Some would say, what were you expecting? Like, everybody knew that movie was going to be bad, but, like, maybe it was just way worse than they even imagined it was going it's to be. It was probably way worse than they imagined it, which is probably why they're also holding back New Mutants from its release date. Yeah. 
Speaking of way worse than you could ever imagine, the premise of this next movie. Okay, what is worse than actually losing money? Uh, not making the movie at all, turns out. Oh, okay. So, there's a movie over at Universal uh, that has been completely scrapped. It's called The Hunt. Dun-dun-dun. The Hunt. Dun-dun-dun. Okay, The Hunt. Okay, uh, does this star was... Ethan Hunt? No, it doesn't. Okay. Nor does it star Helen Hunt. Damn, that was my no, next guess. No, this is an R-rated satire in which elites hunt, quote, deplorables, unquote, for sport. Sound familiar? Yes, well, I believe this is based off of a uh, literary work, but go ahead. Yeah, well, the decision was made following a series of mass shootings across the country to pull the plug on it. Probably smart. Yeah, yeah well, you have people hunting people... That sends a relatively bad message. It's you know, right. unlike the other thing at Universal, The Purge. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit more fantastical and it's less gun-based. Uh, <laughs> the film is directed by Craig Zobel, uh, who I guess did The Leftovers and Z for Zachariah, and produced by Blumhouse Productions, of course. Sounds and, uh, about would, right. would have starred as Hilary Swank. Whoa, for her in a while. that's a name out of nowhere. Yeah. That's out left field. There's currently no word on a scheduled release date, but both Universal and the Hunt filmmaking team agreed that this film will wait on the shelf until the studio is ready. So it's not completely dead, it's just dead for now. Yeah, this was supposed to have a release date in September, but they pulled they had they put out one single trailer. Everyone kinda of freaked out because the next week all these not all these mass shootings happens, but the continuation of mass shootings happen and they decided to Pulled back on that and shelved it till a later date. Uh, but yeah, this is actually not an original story. It's based off the literary work The Most Dangerous Game. Right. Which is a famous work. It has been adapted multiple times yes. in film over the course in of the year. In case you don't know, The Most Dangerous Game is human. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I believe... I kind of believe that. <laughs> Turns out. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, this is... It's something that will definitely be a work that will definitely be remade again. It'll definitely be have its own adaptations and stuff. But for now, Universal's doing the right thing here. Yeah. Alright, let's move on out of movies and into television. Uh, you have any other thoughts on films or stuff? Nope. So we start early start television right. with the sports section. Alright, what is happening in the world of sports? First off, it's contract season in the NFL. Well, it's always contract season. It's always contract season, but there's some contract shakeups here. Uh, We know all these uh, football players apparently on a first-name basis, because that's what you have down here. Yes. Mr. Dak, uh, I believe that's Dak Prescott. Hey, you got that one right. Dak Prescott, though. Dak Prescott, though. Uh, Rejected a $30 million a year contract. Yeah, so Jerry Jones uh, decided to offer Dak Prescott $30 million a year. Uh, for the next four years to play quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott came back <laughs> and said, no, I want $40 million a year. And Jerry Jones laughed <laughs> and, said, no. and said, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, that being said, he still has two years left. So it's not like we have a Le'Veon Bell situation or where he's going to sit out on this yeah. final year. Or even a Zeke situation, because he still has two years left on his contract. Speaking of which, him and Melvin Gordon are awaiting new contracts. Yes, uh, Melvin Zeke, Ezekiel uh, Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys running back, and Melvin Gordon running back of the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Both are currently sitting out awaiting new contracts. Both want to be paid more than Gurley did last year. <laughs> if you remember, that was a big contract. Gurley money. Yep, they want that girly money because, according to fantasy stats, they're about on the same page. Yeah. But they're not because Gurley's a goddamn workhorse. <laughs> Thank you, our resident uh, Rams fan here. Fantasy fan. Well, yes, Rams fan. Uh, also. Uh, and then uh, outside of a football, NBA schedule has been officially released, so if you're a basketball fan, you now know when your favorite team is playing. Yep, you also know when your favorite team is coming into town. You yep. also uh, are probably getting called up Buy ticket sales to buy <laughs> season yeah, tickets. Season tickets at season right now. Or if you don't want season tickets, get those mini plans. Get half seasons. Yeah. Ten game packages. We have all your offerings. However, if you care about hockey and baseball more, well, new stadiums and or fields are being constructed. Hot yeah, stadiums. okay. In New York, the New York Islanders are planning a new $1.26 billion stadium at Belmont Park. With the 19,000-person capacity arena surrounded by a 250-room hotel, a 350,000-square-feet retail space, parking, and more. A destination, you could call it. Uh, basically, it's the L.A. Live yeah. of New York. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they want to take this entire strip of land. They're actually going to the governor's office, or mayor's office, and talking about developing this entire strip of land for $1.5 billion, whatever it's put it, 1.26. Yeah, $1.26 billion for the New York Islanders. Yeah. Plus hotel and shoppings and more. Yeah. So, you know, it's not just a new stadium for the Islanders, but the fact that, like, every news headline I see says $1.2 billion stadium for the Islanders, like, What? Because they're not a top team. Hate to break it to you. Well, in uh, baseball, though, something else is getting built, as I mentioned, in Iowa. In Iowa? Iowa, you know, like the Field of Dreams. Well, there's... a the film, but The there, Field of Dreams. But there's no team in Iowa. Well, they're building one anyways. They're building an 8,000-seat stadium near that Field of Dreams field. So... Fun fact, that Field of Dreams field <laughs> still exists yeah. and still holds tours. Ain't that weird? Yeah. Is Kevin Costner there? Um, I, I believe his hologram is there. So, uh, yeah, the New York Yan Yankees are planning to play the Chicago White Sox there. Um, fun fact about why the MLB decided to choose those two teams. Uh, uh, first one being the Yankees because of Shoeless Joe Jackson and the White Sox because when they played, they were known as the Black Sox. Uh -huh. And so that's why those two teams will play a regular season game yeah. on August 11th, I believe, next year, 2020. Which course. sucks, because it should have been this year, 2019, because <laughs> it would have been the 30th anniversary, anniversary of Field of Dreams. Somebody blew it in the MLB office. But most importantly, though, the Major League Baseball knew that if they built it, they would come. And yes. tickets for that are <laughs> going to be enormous. I, I couldn't end the story without making that joke. I know you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for sports. Uh, unless you have anything else to add in sports real quick before we move on to television news. Anything else in sports? Uh, it is preseason of the NFL week two. Continue to watch Hard Knocks to see all the hilarity in Sue. Not, not in Domica's Sue. But 
ensued. <laughs> <laughs> happened. It happened. Uh, but no, baseball still going on. Baseball is still baseballing, and yeah, football is footballing, and it's August, which means high school football is will be happening in about two weeks. At your so local high at your local high school. <laughs> so if you want to see the pre D league <laughs> players, <laughs> the E league, the E league, no, the the pre D, the small D. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. That's it for sports. Let's move into television news. Our first story takes us to the all-seeing eye, which, of course, is CBS. I believe this makes us cover all three major networks, then. I think so. Dis- well, all four. Disney, Fox, Universal, and CBS. Yeah. Or is it Viacom? Yeah. Is it CBS or Viacom? It's CBS, but also Viacom. Because, <laughs> after days of negotiating... CBS has reached an agreement to acquire Viacom. What? I know. It used to be the other way around. I know. For the longest time, it was the other way around. And here we are. Viacom, by the way, currently valued at $11.7 billion. The deal will merge the two companies into Viacom CBS Incorporated. Real creative name, folks. With (laughs) Viacom CEO Bob Bakish becoming the president CEO and CBS CEO Joe Ianello becoming the chairman and CEO. Combined, they perform, They could d- d- create Voltron. No. Uh, combined, the company spent $13 billion on content across CBS, Showtime, Viacom's cable channels, and Paramount Pictures, which will lead to roughly $28 billion in revenue for the year combined. The deal is expected to close by the year's end. So more, uh, collab- more, uh, more acquisitions. But in a way, this is kind of consolidation that already had happened and then was unconsolidated. And then it reversed <laughs> itself to be consolidated again. again. So yeah, this is weird. Like one of those weird things where like the the, the student became the master in a way. Yeah, uh, and then ate itself. Or ate itself. Ate, 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 ate its the parents. Master. Ate the master. Yeah, like imagine that. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird, but. What are you going to do? Was Viacom really in that much trouble, though? I don't think it was in any trouble. I just think CBS finally got big enough. Uh, that, that CBS All Access, which means they can now put all the Viacom stuff on right. CBS All Access and bolster its streaming service. It also means uh, look forward to a lot more synergy with when it comes to things on Paramount, in Paramount movies and things on CBS. Uh, uh, in the article, it said that it's expected to save about $500 million a year. In synergy related. This stuff. also brings back CBS into the Viacom Pantheonic networks again. Mm-hmm. So MTV, Nickelodeon, um, and VH1, and all those wonderful Viacom networks, Comedy Central. Comedy Central. All of those will now be, share a DNA with CBS again, just like they used to. So you'll see probably programs uh, migrate between uh, network and cable mm-hmm. again. Also, in a weird tangential thing, this means that all Star Trek money now comes to back yes. to the same purse. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was Paramount had the film rights separate from the TV rights. Now those are the same. Right, which had there's really great, fascinating contract work on that. Like twenty five percent had to be different in order for CBS or, or for Viacom to make the money that CBS wasn't getting. Yeah, and now they're all just going to the same purse. And it's a, it's really fascinating that deal. And I bring that up only because a lot of internet chat about. Star Wars kind of being the same thing, and why are they going away from the old characters? Yeah. Um, that rumor mill has been popping up as well, but until something actually concrete happens, I won't be talking about that, <laughs> but yeah. there's plenty of stuff on the internet, uh-huh. conspiracy theories and like contract 
negotiation stuff um, about the Star Wars deal and how Disney's trying to kick George Lucas out of royalties. Well, we'll see. We'll have to do that. Yeah. Another uh, television news. Meanwhile, speaking of Comedy Central, uh, Nathan Fielder, uh, of course, was the star of the canceled uh, Nathan For You. For me? No, yeah, for you. Oh, okay. uh, uh, Which was a uh, cold favorite um, uh, on the network and was... Uh, uh, had quite a following. Yeah, had quite a following and, like, yeah, people weren't super happy about it being canceled. But guess what? He's not done on television because he's this, making deals. This is one of the things where you fail upwards. He did. Failed up to HBO. Upgrade, I'd say. Uh, he assigned a one-year overall deal over there where he will serve as an executive producer on a show called How To with John Wilson and an untitled comedy pilot in which Fielder will star, write, and direct. So, he's so got he'll get his own show him. there. So he has his own show and then executive produce on this other yeah. show. So I would expect a Barry S kind of um, uh, prestige thing for him. Yeah. That's my guess. Uh, Fielder, of course, yes, like I said, best known for work on Nathan For You and Trunk History yep. on Comedy Central. Both Comedy Central, but now he's got a new home at HBO. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's it for television news, but we have thoughts. Oh, we sir. have quite we some thoughts. this week. Okay, so where do you want to start? With Let's that? start at the beginning. We watched the rest of Infinity Train, which okay. we talked about last week. Yes. The first five episodes. We watched the next five episodes. Uh, yes. All right. The season series. I don't know if I want to say series finale because of that ending. So yeah, at the very very end of it, this is not a spoiler because this is uh, network related, not plot related. Right. Uh, they did confirm that the show will return. Not really quite sure about how it will, since the story of uh, this uh, ten episodes was wrapped up in a nice little package. Yep. Uh, for the most part. Except for maybe one uh, string that's hanging. Yeah. Uh, but for a the most couple, part... Actually, a couple strings, but... Yeah. But, but for the most part, the main story that they Dennis Owens wanted to tell... Oh, he told. Dennis, you did it again. I did it again. <laughs> Goddamn two first names. <laughs> the main story that he wanted to tell was told, yeah. and I was actually half right in my theory. You were half theory. right. But it's interesting, though, because... You said that that you had a theory that there's a chance that this could be an anthology series, and the way that the plot went actually suggests that that's possible, because Mm -hmm. there is a, let's say there is a uniting reason why people end up on the Infinity Train. Yes. And it is confirmed that that the main character here, Tulip, was not the only person who has ever been on the Infinity Train. Or, nor will they ever yeah. be on the Infinity so Train. So it's like, they set it up in Universe Reason for it to exist and to bring other people there. So I'd be very interested to see, uh, although that may change from events in the final episode, mm-hmm. but who's to say? Maybe it won't. Right. So it's like, it leaves so many questions up in the air about like how the show could continue that it's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch how they do it. Yeah. Um, but... Will it be interesting to watch them now that we know the only way off the train? <laughs> I think that there should be ways where they can make that creative. Also, like I said, the rules may have changed from the events than the last one. Right. The reason why the Infinity Train exists at all is not necessarily the same reason why it did at the beginning of episode one of this series. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? 
maybe it'll be something else next time, and maybe it'll be a different way that you get your, quote, exit, unquote. Right. But I do enjoy that it was only ten episodes. Yeah. It was definitely concise. I could see it actually going both ways, where, yes, we could see this going forever, with each car being its own 15-minute episode that they're in, or two cars or whatever. But I can also see why that can seem to be dragging on and you're not getting answers. And why yeah. keeping it 10 episodes means you have a finite conclusion of the story you're trying to tell. It's really smart in how it's constructed. And uh, it never felt like it was, yeah, dragging at any point. Right. And, yeah, they had a momentum going. Uh, just like a real train. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, chugga, chugga. Woo, I really like the stuff um, in the last latter half. Um, it gets real dark. Uh, at moments there. Yes, but I like that they went there. Yeah, no, it was really I, cool. I like that. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. There's really cool moments. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for, like, a unique animation experience, I mean, this is probably some of the highest quality animation I've seen on the network in a long time. Like, this it reminded me a lot of, in both uh, structure and in animation, mm -hmm. of Over the Garden Wall. Yes. Which was the I last time that. Cartoon Network did a limited series. Yes. So, uh, it's really reminiscent of that kind of level of quality. Right. And it definitely hits you in some feels. Oh, those feels. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, rate this on a definitely watch. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely check this out if you uh, have access to Cartoon Network or the Cartoon Network app or... Or Hulu. Um, I'm sure it's at least some of the episodes are up in there. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a recommend, especially if you've liked this year in animation. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, what an incredible year so far. Faux show. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean. Anything else to say? About no, it? it's good. Yeah, it's good. I, I like it. Um, maybe end of the year list worthy. Yeah, it might be. Also, uh, I could see this. I mean, it won't be eligible until next year, but. This is the a shoe-in for the frickin' animated uh, Emmy, Emmy. Yeah. Like, this is outstanding animation category, and, uh, like, this has it. I mean, it's beautiful. Limited series run animation or something? I don't think that's category, but oh. I think there is a category for outstanding animation in children's programs. Yeah. Which this is definitely going to be. Right. Not a question. Anyway, uh, you also watched Dim Boys. We Dim Boys. <laughs> Amazon uh, Prime oh, Videos, uh, The Boys. Wrong boys. Yeah. Okay, boys. so The Boys are currently in Oxnard, uh, but they will be going back to Dallas <laughs> at the end of next week. Not those boys. Not not the boys? The Amazon Prime <laughs> original video series, The Boys, based on the comic book of the same name. Yes, this is based off a comic book, um, <laughs> and... It's based off superheroes, or, and it yeah. it basically answers the question nobody asked: <laughs> What if superheroes were a corporation? Yeah, pretty much. And what if those corporations were also a dick, like real life corporations? <laughs> so, how's the boys? Um, I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, my doctor enjoyed it. All right. Um, we both watched it, and she was hooked more than I was, even though I was also hooked. Um, the story is kind of dark, and by kind of dark, I mean they literally kill people and blow people up and don't shy away from it, even though these are supposed to be superheroes. There's a lot of good stuff that they do, 
in this, hey, look at these godlike figures, and then here's the cynical version of them. Yeah. Also, it's a real-life version, because everything now has to be cynical in that dark nature. Because, of course, it has to. It's 2019. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's good. Okay. It's good. The story's good. The pacing's good. Uh, the characters are easy to identify. They're easy to... You're not asking yourself, like, wait, is that this character same as this character? Are they cross-reference or something? But everyone has unique costumes. Everyone has unique speech patterns. Um, and they, all characters are unique, so you can always tell who's on the screen at what time, even when you're not looking. Okay. Um, they... They never really blur the light. The only negative thing I can say is the color palette. It's darker than I would have suggest, but I think that also is more of a tone and aesthetically choice because right. this is not your regular superhero Marvel Marvel where everything's brightly colored. This is more of a DC everything kind of sucks. Um, not like it sucks because DC sucks, but everything's kind of in a downer because you're living amongst gods. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely goes some places. Definitely takes some weird turns that I didn't expect it to. Mm-hmm. And definitely like takes what you think about superheroes and definitely plays against that in an anti type, but also pro everything it's trying to accomplish. Yeah. And yeah, just it sticks with it that everyone here is a dick. <laughs> it definitely plays that up that <laughs> Even amongst a world of superheroes, there are no real heroes. Yeah. Everyone is evil in some capacity. And it definitely plays that up. Um, It also kind of plays into the one bad day scenario. But it kind of like rolls down that hill. And that's kind of... That's only like one of the main plots of the story throughout the season. It's one bad day that turns into one bad decision that turns into <laughs> one bad snowballing effect yeah, of I'm worse. stuck in this now. Yeah. But then you, like, it gets to the question of am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I doing this for revenge? Or am I doing this because I'm too deep now that I just have to continue doing this? And it's really worth the watch if you have Amazon available for it, definitely check this out. All right. It's weirdly hypnotic, but also because it plays into expectations and fantasies about superheroes, that definitely plays against it. That in ways you don't expect, but even when it like basically tells you to your face, it goes to places you don't expect. Yeah. And then it definitely ends on a good cliffhanger for season two because hey, everything does now. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's more comics to adapt, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and also, as we reported last week, I it think, it got yeah. picked up for a second season. So yeah, there'll be more The Boys. Yep. Uh, the Boys, boys. 2? I don't know. Yeah, we'll The Boys back. Season 2. More boys. We'll definitely be back. We Dim Boys. Yep, more Dim Boys. <laughs> Alright, but that's not the only thing you watch, because you watched a still a third show this week. Something called Supermarket Stakeout. So, I stumbled on this by mistake. By mistake, okay. Yes. Um, this was actually happened last night as I was writing up our news new stories. As I do. As you do. As I do. I was trying to figure out something to put on TV. And I came across Food Network. And I came across this show called 
supermarket stakeout. It said, series premiere. I was like, what? A new series on Food Network? I have that on all the time. How have I not heard of this? Right. So I turned it on. Um, and it's interesting and kind of cool. Okay. What's the concept? Here? All right. So the concept is that you, as me? a cook, chef, oh, not me. person who creates food, okay. uh, makes dishes, is sta- you, you have to stand outside of a grocery store <laughs> as people come out. Oh, no. And you have to buy their cart. Oh no. And cook a meal based off whatever they bought. Okay. So you basically make them an offer. You're like, I will pay you yes. $250 yes. if you give me your entire cart. Yes. Okay. Then you have to take that, the, the corp home, essentially, home. Well, you take it to, to, to their, the kitchen. To their, their kitchen. And then make something out of everything they bought. You have to make whatever the challenge is. I think it was nice. like southern breakfast and sweet desserts and... Okay. Yeah, you just make something out of the basket you paid for, or the groceries you paid for. It sounds like a something very similar to something that would have happened on Guys, guys Grocery Games, except made into its own concept. Yes, yeah. it takes like the budget aspect of Guys Grocery Games. Yeah, where they give you only like twenty bucks to do something, but here they give you five hundred dollars for the or sorry four hundred dollars for the entire for all three rounds. And you have to kind of budget how much you're willing to pay per basket or whatever the groceries are. The thing is that you, they don't see what's in the grocery bag. Uh-huh. They just have to see, like, gather, like, what's on top, kind of gauge the person, and then make an offer based off whatever's in the bag. And then whatever's in the bag, they have to create food with. Right. That's kind cool. of interesting. Cause, That's interesting. Yeah. Because unless you're, like, buying, like, groceries for the week, most people, like, go to groceries for, like, a meal or a day. Yeah, like, I've been to the grocery store and literally only gotten bread before. So, like, yeah. what would they do with me? They'd be like, no, this is just bread. Oh, no, they had that. They had a guy walk out who had two bags, one of chips and one of candy. <laughs> and they were screwed. They were like, yeah, no, no, keep walking. That's good. That's but, yeah, good. but because all the cousins are out there bidding... They're bidding amongst themselves to the same person. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like here, I'll give you this. Oh, I'll give you an extra twenty. Or like, I'll, I'll give you extra money. Okay. Or like, oh, like please, like help me out, pretty please. So there's some flexibility there. That actually reminds me a yeah. little bit of Cutthroat Kitchen. A little bit. A little borrowing, like like using pitting them against each other to like right. see if they want to be nice to each other or if they want to screw each other over. But it's also a bit like chopped because you don't know what's in each basket right. or yeah, each that's bag. Thing. So it's in a way, it's like this hybrid of several different Food Network shows into one little thing, which makes it really interesting. Yeah, that sounds because, bad. Yeah, because they only get. 30 minutes to pick their bat, pick their food and cook it. So if you kind of sit there and kind of wait for the perfect bag, it may not come and yeah. you're losing time on the kitchen. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. It's really cool. It's really interesting. I'm glad I picked it up. Uh, I'll probably watch some more of this when it's on. Yeah, I'm going to check it's, that out. It's pretty cool. Uh, the name of that again? Uh, supermarket Stakeout. Yeah. Is a good name for that. It is. I think they'll go to different stores. This one was in Hermosa Beach. Yeah. Because, you know, L.A., it's got to be close. But I think they'll go to different um, grocery stores and set up and kind of stake out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we go from something new to something old. Well, Or is it new? It's 
Or is it modern? It's very modern. Good job. Good segue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Netflix put out a special uh, for cartoon lovers who loved the 90s. Uh, uh, one of two uh, planned specials, I should say, yes. of uh, people who loved cartoons of the 90s. Uh, first of which, Rocco's Modern Life, the Nickelodeon show that I think ran from about 96 to probably 98. Yeah. Uh, wasn't on for long, but made an impact back in the day. I definitely watched a lot of it. We revealed last week that you have not watched a lot of this. No, but a lot of people do and have fun memories of it. They're that shirt of Rocco's Modern Life shirt is <laughs> out everywhere still, even though the cartoon has been off the air for 20 years. So yeah, Rocco's Modern Life returns in a special, in a special 45 and change minute um, uh, uh, program on Netflix called Static Clean. It sounds, 45, it sounds like it's supposed to be for Nickelodeon TV, but so yeah, commercial breaks? Well, okay, so when this was first announced, it was assumed that this would have aired on television. Right. Uh, it was assumed well, this is a Nickelodeon property. It's Nickelodeon Studios making this thing. Why wouldn't it be on Nickelodeon? But also, it had told, the uh, the Hey Arnold movie come out and right. do the exact same thing before it. Yeah, but truth be told, they never really said it was going to be on Nickelodeon. They just said they were making it. Mm -hmm. Well, after uh, months of silence on it, they finally revealed that Netflix was picking this up alongside the Invader Zim special, which is at the end of this week. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, um, this thing is fascinating. So, like I said, I watched a lot of the original show um, when I was a kid, so I, I can call myself a fan. I've, pretty much, I've probably seen every episode of that show. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a big f uh, favorite in my family. Um, but man, it took watching this thing to remember exactly how crazy that show was. Because they have not skipped a beat here. This thing feels exactly like the original show did. It even looks like the original show, just in high animation. Okay. Just like it, the animation is just as zany and fluid as it was back in the '90s. Like you can tell, like there was a budget here and they used it, mm -hmm. and they wanted it to be authentic as possible to the original thing. It is 100 percent built for nostalgia like it is exactly what a fan of the original show would want all the characters are back the original voices of all the characters little like cameos by characters from like one-off episodes <laughs> are featured here it is literally almost in every single scene there's something for fans to be like oh yeah i remember that now is this because it's it's probably a film made by fans of the show who grew up watching it? It's made by all the, a lot of the original... Well, one, the original creator, Joe Murray. Okay. Um, and a lot of the original writers. In fact, a lot you may recognize that would uh, later move to Spongebob after Rocco's Modern Life mm -hmm. was cancelled. Uh, those two shows share a lot of DNA, uh, creator-wise, creator writer-wise. So yeah, they were able to get a lot of the original talent back to basically make the thing that they made back then. Okay. Uh, then the so yeah, the basic concept here is that uh, after the finale of the original show, Rocco and his friends uh, Heifer the cow and Filbert the turtle mm -hmm. ended up in space. Okay. I don't remember what happened in the finale, so I don't remember how that that happens. Just. Except that they were in space, just floating around, enjoying life in space. It was a 90s finale, so yeah. of course they went to space. Yeah, of course. Why not, right? 
they figure out a way uh, to go back to Earth, though, and uh, they find out that Earth has changed since the uh, the in the twenty years that they haven't been home. Kind of like a twenty-year time jump. Exactly. So when they originally announced this, that was the plot that it was presented. It's like, oh, the the Rocco gang finds themselves in modern society, and so people just assumed, oh yeah, so that's where the humor was going to come from. So it's oh. Look at all, everybody has cell phones. Let's make fun of the rapid, like, evolution of cell phones. Mm-hmm. Let's make fun of, oh, there, here's an easy Starbucks on every corner joke. Right. It's like, and this does have that. There are a few moments where it's like, all right, here's the easy 20 years of past joke. Mm-hmm. But this is, that's not what this is. Uh, that's only a piece of this. The rest of this thing is actually a really well-observed and timely story of a trans person? Hmm. Yeah, so sure. a character in the original series um, has transitioned. And part of the plot of this special is them finding her and basically uh, reintroducing her to her family and, being le- and her family having to accept the changes that have happened. Like, the name of the, the special static cling is not just a fun joke. It's actually keys into the theme of this, which is there are, all these characters are basically trying to gr- grapple with the changes. They're clinging on to the life that they used to have and are having, finding it hard to adjust to the changing world. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's really touching and, like, done with really, like, done really with care. Like, it's very progressive for something like this. They didn't have to touch that kind of source material. Right. They could have just done a normal Rocco's Modern Life story here. They chose to instead do all the fun nostalgia and also have like something that's really timely and important. And it's crazy that this thing got made. And also may lead credence to why this didn't air on Nickelodeon. Ah. Because that's a risky thing to do on cable. Yes. Even if it is uh, couched in this franchise that people recognize and love, it's still something that a lot of families, especially maybe families in parts of the world, that this is a harder thing Middle uh, for America. to accept. Sure. Uh, for example, like it wouldn't maybe play as well on Nickelodeon than it would on Netflix, something you can opt into more like easily. Are I'm you not, saying demographics played into demographics this? Demographics probably played into this. Nickelodeon or Viacom, more likely, didn't want to risk it. Right. Uh, but Trying to save the Nickelodeon brand rather than the Rockers Modern Life but nostalgia. But the fact that this even got made is incredible and Nickelodeon's name is still on this and so it's a really big statement in a way. And uh, they did have, the credits do say that there was a consultant from GLAAD, the organization GLAAD, okay. that uh, presumably helped with the story, mm-hmm. uh, which you could definitely tell. It's, it's, it's done very carefully. It's, it's never treated as a joke. Like, and not at one point is the the subject of of this person's transition uh, brought up as humor. It is just a fact. Uh, The characters either accept it or they don't in the case of of the character's father. And that's the plot. Like, they work through this with the father and, and, you know, minds are changed. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. Uh, But, yeah, and this is on top of all the insane, zany, gross-out stuff. And I mean gross-out. Let this be a warning. If you're not familiar with the original series or, like, Nickelodeon cartoons of that era like Ren and Stimpy you might be surprised with the level of gross out humor here (laughs) another reason why this may not have aired on Nickelodeon 
because there's a lot of things that in the original run of the show that they were told to stop doing, <laughs> including there's a lot of jokes about a character's nipples. Uh, there's a chicken restaurant called Chokey Chicken. Yeah, <laughs> that was a joke on a kid's show in 1986. Um, and I'm sure most kids didn't get it. <laughs> there's no, but... Some some parents probably did. Yes. Um, and there was a there's a lot there's butts. Uh, there's uh, a character who picks his nose and collects his boogers. It goes some places, man. I mean, it did back then, but like all of those gags are brought back. So if you have to be ready to see a lot of gross out stuff here. So it's weird. It's like this thing that exists in two timelines, and it's fascinating. And like, yeah, if you were a fan of the original absolutely watch this as a must watch because it is exactly what you want it to be and more turns out so yeah i can't wait to hear your impressions on the invaders m special to see whether that's also doing something different right because if that's just invaders m i don't know i feel like this has raised a bar now for these nostalgia for these nostalgia reboots okay or it's not really a reboot nostalgia films but this thing even this thing even makes a joke about it not being a reboot it's okay. really funny uh but yeah um yeah so check that out if you're a fan of the original okay all right anything else on television we want to talk about before we move on to uh cancellations and renewals um no okay period all right no period cancellations Wait, and renewals oh i watched casually watched the bachelor in paradise gross. yeah it is gross <laughs> It's dumb. I, if you thought The Bachelor it was dumb... The Bachelor Paradise is dumber. This yeah. is dumber. No, I know. Oh, okay. my God. The concept of that show explained to me uh, when, when once I worked uh, with somebody who was a big Bachelor fan, and I was like, this is the stupidest thing. It is so stupid. I'm not... No. Just just me mentioning it just puts a... No, ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, let's not talk about that, then. Let's talk about cancellations and renewals. Okay, what am I no longer watching? Or more like just one renewal. No cancellations. No deaths even. Just one renewal in this section here. Yeah. Mr. Iglesias gets a second season on Netflix. I didn't know this was a thing. Me Apparently not. this is a thing. Mr. Iglesias. I don't yeah. know who he is. Um, but he got renewed. I, I, bel- I don't know who Mr. Iglesias, but I know who Mrs. Iglesias is. I bet you do. Moving on. <laughs> Just going to leave you there. All right. Uh, moving on to music. Which means I get to hand this over to you. All right, and we start music with the Billboard, and we always start Billboard with the Hot 100 singles chart. All right, and topping the chart again, yet again, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X, 19 weeks, the all-time record beating itself from the last week. <laughs> the record keeps expanding week after week. Now it's just getting old. I mean, the song is still ridiculous. I mean, say what you will about it. But, yeah, this is crazy. So, whatever the next one has to be 19 weeks now. Yeah, it's got to hit that mythical 20 weeks. Wow, I can't believe that we talk about 20 weeks. This thing is going to be, if this keeps going, this thing's going to be number one for like half of a year. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to get there. Has it been number one since like March? Yeah, that's 19 weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Let's move on. Well, it had to be because he yeah. was at Stagecoach in April. Right. Yeah, that checks. That checks out. It's been a long time. Yep. Uh, number two. Still at number two. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Yep. Number three. Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Yep. 
Number four, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. And number five, Talk by Khalid. If that at all sounds familiar. It did not change from last week. It did not change from last no, week. No changes in the Hot 100, but the 200. Yes. Um, here's where I do my other victory dance, because I called it. You did call this. Yes. Uh, I mean, it was an easy thing to call this time. It was an easy thing to call. But album chart. Your new number one album chart. Your number one album on the uh, Billboard 200 is Care Package by Drake. Yep. This was expected because it is a quote-unquote new Drake album. Yeah, it's Drake. But anything Drake puts out will beam up to number one. Yeah, you talked about this last week. Yep. It's uh, We mentioned that it's just a bunch of one-off singles and one-shows that he decided to put a compilation album. Yeah. The no. never-released, now-released stuff. So, yeah, number one. Yep. Uh, number two is number six. Collaborations Project <laughs> by Ed Sheeran. Number two is number six. You're in it here. Yes, and four is fish or something. Uh, <laughs> number three, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Will we ever know? Uh, number four, Love Songs for The Streets 2 by Lil Durk. <laughs> Which I had never heard of until I compiled this list today. I believe it's actually meant Love Songs for The Streets 2, but... I, I liked it as a fast baseball score. <laughs> Love songs for, for the streets. The streets too. Two. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Lil Durk is. Uh, Another rapper who starts with Lil. I think Lil Durk. Lil Durk. Lil Durk. Uh, number five, Indigo by Chris Brown. Why is that still up there? Because uh, there is no God. Let's move on. All right, that means we go to new releases. New releases. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to. But here are the new releases. I've to at least one of these records this week. Is it <laughs> Animated Violence Mild? No. By Blank Mass? No, it is not, but keep going. Inflorescent by Friendly Fires? No. Atonement by Kill Switch Engage? I want that so badly to be a soundtrack for the movie Atonement, but I know it has nothing to do with <laughs> the movie. It has nothing to do with Atonement. Because Kill Switch Engage does strike me <laughs> that they would enjoy Atonement. No. No, no they would not. Uh, we also have one of our favorite bands. One of your name, favorite bands to say. In name only. Infest the Rat's Nest. Uh-huh. By King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I just love making you say that. I know you do. You have so much fun. <laughs> I have so much fun saying that. <laughs> also, that's gotta be like their fourth album since we've been doing this. I know, like they're pretty prolific. Yeah. Turns out. Uh, we also have Face Stabber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by I'm the. Sorry. S- I shouldn't be laughing at Face Stabber. <laughs> what is this by? Face Stabber by the Seas. The Seas? The Seas. Okay. O-C's. Yeah. O-C's. 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 That's a band. The Seas are not a band that I know of, I don't think. Alright, we <laughs> also have Forever Her. Oh, I see what they did there. By Shura. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have I Wanna Thank Me by <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg would want to thank himself, wouldn't he? Yes. Uh, first off, he he would love to thank himself. Yes. Then he'd like to thank his dealer for whoever gave him this nice cushion. Probably. Uh, and then, of course, Wiz Khalifa after that. And yeah, then his I Pop know. Warner team. And then his reality <laughs> show. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Etc. Etc. Et mm-hmm. uh, we also have Th- Thrashing Through the Passion by The Hold Steady. Uh-huh. 
And lastly, the album. You're finally going to listen yeah, to Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to this. Yes. Uh, this is The Center Won't Hold by Slater Kenny. Okay. All right. So I'm going to unpack this now because I'm probably going to talk about this next week. But just as like to set the table here, this will be a really interesting one because this, of course, follows the departure of their drummer, Janet Weiss, been with the band since literally since the band started. Oh, well, not in the first record, but since 1996. Mm-hmm. So think about that. She chose to leave 23? over 20 years after the band was initially formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is this is going to be interesting to watch. A lot of people are curious about this as a style change. It's also their first with St. Vincent producing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, the question mark. I'm worried. I really hope it's not bad because I'm seeing them in November. What if it's just an acoustic <laughs> an acoustic set with no Johns? No, it's not because we already heard it was recorded with Janet number one okay. and two. Uh, it was um, it's um, uh, it's there's several single, singles that are already released. So okay, what to expect basically? Okay. I'm just worried about the stuff we haven't heard yet. Okay. Well, speaking of drummer Janet Weiss. Yeah, we she's in the news. Yeah, but not for good news reasons, though. Okay, well, she's in our news because you decided to talk about this rather than Jay Z. What about Jay Z? Oh, that was the other thing. Jay Z and the NFL are partnering <laughs> for something in the 2020s. That seemed like a sports story, so I didn't include it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just you have to make a call one other way. You know? I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, former Slater Kenny drummer. I guess. Current former Strip Slater Kenny Drew. Well, okay. Current because she's on the record, but not current because she's not touring with them anymore. So she will not be at the show. Well, apparently she's not touring with her band Quasi and Slang either. Uh, yeah, well, at least not right now. Well, yes, because there was a scary car accident last weekend that left her with a broken leg and collarbone. Yeah. Her recovery is expected to take two weeks. Uh, she eventually reached out and wrote... Quote, hey friends, I have some bad news. I was involved in a scary car accident last weekend in which my right leg and left collarbone were broken. As thoroughly bummed as I am about canceling the shows, I'm also incredibly thankful the accident wasn't worse and so happy to be alive. Uh, she wrote that on Twitter. Uh, that quote, I am lucky my injuries will heal and I'll be back in a couple of months. This is scary. Yeah. Uh, whatever people go to the hospital. That is or, terrifying. Or, you know, behind a wheel. Collarbone is really close to things that could kill you. Like... <laughs> oh, it's also something yeah. that will affect her career. Yeah. You know, being a drummer. Drummer! She uses, like, her entire body. That's really rat. Like, like terrible. Like, really, really awful. Like, well, yeah. I mean, even her broken leg and... Trying to hit that kick drum pedal. So, yeah. I'm sure that this just compounds on what's already been a very difficult year for her. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. This is this is lame. Uh, but, yeah. We hope that, uh, of course, that she recovers quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does, it doesn't say that she was with her band when this happened? No. Presumably this was just her. Okay. I thought that's why, like, she didn't want to be with the band. No, it's probably just that she's such a core element of that of the band that she can't okay they can't that that they have to cancel the tours because she's in the or maybe they chose to cancel in her absence okay it could be a lot of things but could be a lot of things but yeah no we wish her a speedy recovery and best of luck with the new album coming out indeed Uh, all right um moving on to 
not popular music. Yeah, but music nonetheless. Yeah. Um, Placido Domingo. Yes. Um, is an opera singer. Or let's see if I can say this the widest way possible. Placido Domingo. No, no, it's Plac- Placido Burris. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yes, anyway. but Placido Domingo yeah. uh, <laughs> is an opera singer, and yeah. uh, in response to sexual harassment, was al- an opera singer, was an opera singer <laughs> as sexual harassment allegations leveled yeah. by nine women against him, uh, the Los Angeles Opera, as where he has been the general director since two thousand three. Has decided to kind of part ways. I mean, needless to say, I mean nine, nine women is a lot. Uh, and needless to say, like I'm glad the stories came out and that this guy is getting his comeuppance. Who knows? It's only nine women. Maybe he can be president. Nah, nah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. All that's right, still the, a thing. Yeah, it really, really is. Uh, uh, what did they say? Uh, um, they said, "quote." Or this is the uh, Los Angeles Opera. Yes. Quote, We believe all employees and artists should be treated respectfully and feel safe and secure within their work environment. Yeah. The LA Opera has robust human resource policies and procedures in place in accordance with those policies. The LA Opera will engage outside counsel to investigate the concerning allegations about Placido Domingo. Uh, Placido Domingo has been a dynamic <laughs> creative force in the life of really LA Opera be laughing during this story. and the artistic culture of Los Angeles for more than three decades. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, we are committed to doing everything we can. reading of this for some reason. Well, because it's the opera. Should I be singing it? Definitely no. Hard pass. On okay, that. then. Please, no. Uh, nevertheless, we are committed to doing everything we can to foster a professional and collaborative environment where all our employees and artists feel equally comfortable, valued, and respected. Got it. All right. So, yes, Placido Domingo is no longer a part of the opera. At least, the L.A. opera. Who knows? He could find a gig somewhere else. I don't know. Probably not. I think that this might be it for him. He might just straight up retire. I, if I was him, I would, uh, yes, get out of the public view. Uh, He'd get out of Dodge. Rightfully so. He shouldn't be in the public view. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll he's in the opera. How public is that view? Uh, yeah, I guess the New York elite. <laughs> the Los Angeles elite, I guess. Los case. Angeles elite. All right. Uh, well, yeah. On that depressing note, uh, let's move on. Okay. Did you listen to any music this week? Um, I did, actually. Alright. I listened to the new, uh, Tori Kelly album. Why? Why? <laughs> because I had, well, excess, excessive minutes to kill on Apparently. the drive up here. Yeah. Because goddamn traffic for no yeah, goddamn... Yeah, traffic's real bad here. Uh, for some reason. For some reason. Yeah. But yeah, I listened to that uh, new Tori Kelly album. Okay. Uh, what's it called? Pieces of Myself? Are they still trying to make t- Tori Kelly happen? Someone is still trying to make Tori <laughs> Kelly happen. All right. Apparently. Uh, how is this? Uh, but yeah, this is uh, Tori Kelly inspired by true events. Is it inspired by true events? Weirdly enough, it kind of is because there's several points <laughs> in... No way! There's several points in uh. the album 
where it kind of or it breaks from doing songs to just doing a what sounds like a camcorder audio of little Tori Kelly, and it's even got like dates on it uh, from like when she was like, like home videos, home videos, which was like six and eight. And one was like, oh, mom, I want to sing in front of you because I'm not embarrassed anymore. Will you come with me so I can sing? Aww, it's cute like that. And then it's like has voiceovers of. Uh, her dad, um, like, telling little baby Tori, little baby Victoria. Oh, oh, Tori is short for Victoria. Yes, and not, ah. yes, and not Tories of the Republic, British Republic. <laughs> like I originally thought. I wouldn't have thought that, but okay. That's what I originally thought. But yes, uh, the the dad clearly expresses little baby Victoria. You could do so much when you grow up. How's the music, though? Oh, definitely singer-songwriter. I yeah. love her writing style. Okay. Not so much her arrangements, <laughs> per se. So you're saying lyrics here are the high point. Oh, yeah. The uh, music here is not necessarily. No, not necessarily. <laughs> but I really like her her lyricists. Well, her, her songwriting. <laughs> you just say lyrics. Her lyrics, her songwriting, I really enjoy it. And she definitely tells a story with them. I like the way this album starts off with coffee. Uh, both I always start my day with coffee. Well, yeah. See, that's the that's what yeah. the song's about. How yeah. she, the the person she was in love with always started his day out with coffee, and how she wished to be that coffee so that way she could Aww, start off with her lips. That's cute. Yeah. Alright. It's a lot of stuff like that throughout the album where it's yeah. like, oh, that's right. cute. Oh, you're still in love with this person, <laughs> even though you probably broke up, but. Yeah. It's a lot of cute stuff like that. It's a lot of good lyrics like that strewn throughout the album. Um, but, like I said, the actual, like, melody and song style isn't necessarily a high point for it. But I love the lyrics. I wish, because she always has good lyrics, I hope someday people like who listen to her lyrics now will grow up and then re-record her songs. <laughs> Better. Better. <laughs> I'm having a flashback. I feel like you had this theory about somebody else that we talked about last Lana year. Del Rey. No, no, it was somebody else. It was somebody I, else? It was like another smaller artist where I remember you saying that exact thing about them. Like, this is, must be a thing that recurs in your mind. Probably. Like, you're just always thinking about, like, man, I hope somebody covers the song. Like, better. man, I like <laughs> the lyrics that they're saying, but I hate the song. <laughs> well, I don't hate the song. It's but, just that the yeah. song could be better. Fascinating. Yeah. But, no, it's a lot of that, especially if you like Tori Kelly's lyrics. It's a lot of that personal stuff. It definitely makes you feel things. And you know how I love feeling things uh, when I listen all to stuff. But yeah, definitely check out um, Inspired By. Alright, true events. True All right, events. Cool. Uh, I didn't listen to anything, so that means we can move right along into video games. Okay. Moving on to what video What is games. on the video's game this week? Well, we have new releases in a video game. We do. Uh, not a whole lot, but some. No. Yeah. Uh, we have Grandia HD Collection yeah. for the Switch. That's an HD collection of the Grandia games. Grandia. You figured that out by the name. <laughs> by the HD collection part? Uh -huh. no. Yeah. no. never. I thought that was like a, a new title, just calling it an HD collection of stuff they decided to make. 
Okay, the joke went on too long. Keep going. Alright, we also have Rad. Yes, Rad, which is a roguelike from Double Fine. Yeah. Uh, for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. It's not just called Rad because it's cool, it's also called Rad because there's radiation. Oh! Just by the end. It's not. That's but it's awful. also very rad. Okay, that's kind of rad, though. Yeah, that's right. All right. We also have Real Fishing. What that's that's about? Real, R E E L. <laughs> oh, fishing. You didn't have to tell me, brother. I knew. Colon, Road Trip <laughs> Adventure for the PlayStation Switch and so PC. Are you going on a road trip to fish? Uh, I believe the fish are on a road trip to you. <laughs> I want to play that game. It's just it's just Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 except with fish. The fish. Yeah, that's all that is. It's Octopath Traveler, but with fish. <laughs> <laughs> play that game. Alright. It, it, it starts off with a salmon that spawns uh-huh. eight different <laughs> <laughs> eggs. Uh, and you have to try and make them survive. Yeah, no, that's good. I'll play that game. Uh, we also have Remnant calling from the ashes for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. I don't know what this is. I don't know either. We also have Truck Racing Championships. I wonder what that's about. If you watched ESPN 8, The Ocho, and wondered, wow, what if I could put that into a video game? We did it! <laughs> I love to race trucks and uh, championships. Yes, this is Truck Racing Championships for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Everything. And lastly, the game everyone will be playing. Alright. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Legacy not, of the Duelist. Not what I was expecting. Colon. The game that everyone will be playing. Colon. Link Evolution. Okay. Well, everyone has to play it, because otherwise, how can you be the king of games? Yeah, and then they get to go into the Shadow Realm or something. I don't know. Okay, I know huh. nothing. I know, okay, not nothing. I clearly know something, because <laughs> I said the words Shadow Realm. Yes. I know very little about Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, are you a Yu-Gi-Oh fan? Yes. Okay, is this something... Are the Yu-Gi-Oh games something that you've played, have experience playing? I have played several Yu-Gi-Oh games. Are you going to play this Yu-Gi-Oh No. Well, one, no? because it's okay. on the Switch. Got it. Two, uh, because... I know the the new Switches are out, the new uh, longer battery life ones. Oh, okay. The, they're the red boxes. So oh. If you, wait, so wait can I red box it? I mean, you can red box a Switch <laughs> game. I don't know if you can red box a Switch. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, just... I don't know if you can red box a Switch game. Buyer, t- buyer tip to all y'all... Um, if you see a switch in a red box, buy that one because that's the one with the new battery. Okay. So, still nice thing. No, uh, Link Evolution, I think, has to deal with the mobile game with the links, dual links. Oh, so it's somehow a version of that, maybe like an adaptation. Of Possibly. That, switch. that would make sense. But that link game is free. Mobile links. Or yeah, links? it's probably a deluxe version, maybe with some like paid content. In yeah. It. That'd be cool okay. for people who like that Yu-Gi-Oh! experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Because everything after that, they kind of expanded on and made you didn't watch super 5Ds? weird. Oh, I did watch 5Ds. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's Arc V that I didn't enjoy. I just thought it was really funny that it was called 5Ds. It always made me laugh. And they're just playing Yahtzee? Is, that, is it just about Yahtzee? No, no, they're, they're on the quest to try to find the five-sided dice. Wait, five-sided die? What's a five-sided die? Look up a five-sided die. It is, is it weird. Real? Yes. Dude, we played with a five-sided die. Did we play with a five-sided die? I don't yes. remember the five-sided die. Oh, it was there. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'll Google a five-sided die later. All right, Google All right. five-sided dice. <laughs> All right, anyways, we have actual news. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Okay, let's do it. 
Alright, so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, EA announced that it would do a new Need for Speed. Yeah, because it's a long-standing franchise of theirs, and it's been a while since we've seen one. Come on, Taylor, I can mean it. The Need. The Need. It's been a while. For Speed. Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, after, I don't know how long a while is. Two years! That's uh, a break for Need for Speed. Yeah. Sure. So, after a two-year break, Need for Speed is back. With a new entry in the long-running <laughs> racing series. Right, what is it called? All right, developer Ghost Games is responsible for 2017's Need for Speed Payback is back in the driver's seat. Payback. Yep. With Need for Speed Heat. Heat. Which, which will launch November 8th for the PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, Need for Speed Heat. I love that heat. Uh, not to confuse with the 1990s film, no, Heat. Very different. No, no, no shootouts. Or the 2016 film, The Heat. No Melissa McCarthy. Or even the Miami Heat. No basketball. Okay. Let me go with Dwayne Wade there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know basketball. You can't expect me to know names of basketball players. You said Shadow Realm. No. You said... <laughs> <laughs> I did say Shadow Realm. You got me there. You knew that Zeke, that Dak, you I knew, knew Dak, Dak Prescott, Prescott though. You always make the Dak Prescott vote. That's why I knew that. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, yeah, Need for Speed Heat takes you to Palm City. All right, Palm City. Uh, not to be confused with Panama City. Or Palm Springs. Or Palm Springs. No, but Palm City, the brand new open world where street racers have gathered to make their names known. Yeah. Uh, on the streets of Palm City, you will compete in Speed Hunters showdowns to earn cash to customize and upgrade your rides. I love to customize rides. I mean, that's like half the game there is upgrading and customizing your ride. Yeah. One and one Need for Speed, I put a Pages logo on the side. I bet you did. Because I because I, I had like thirty layers on it, but it's all comprised of like triangles, circles, and squares. <laughs> Thanks. But it worked. Thanks, it works. <laughs> it ended up working. Um, but yeah, um, you can customize your rides, but be careful because during nightfall, has rogue cops patrolling oh. the darkened city streets, Uh-oh. looking for racers to knock down a Not few pegs. Not regular cops, rogue cops, rouge cops, rouge cops. They're all just super blushed. Yeah, just ready to give you their makeup tips. Uh, Need for Speed Heat is said to be the fe- is said to feature expressive customization, <laughs> authentic <laughs> urban car culture. Oh, good! I love urban. And car an culture. immersive narrative. Oh God! Okay. The horse is out. <laughs> Get those horsepower out as Need for Speed comes rolling in a- only a couple of months. That's November eighth. I know, this is hilarious, right? <laughs> it's oh, I it's know. a horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all that horsepower. You can customize it. You can put a horse on your on your car and call it a horsepower. You could do that. No one is stopping you. You can oh, put it on a Mustang. You can put it on a Mustang. A white horse on a Mustang. Mm, Alright, what else do we have this week in video games? Um. Uh, are, so are you excited for Need for Speed? Oh, so excited. No. I mean, like, I don't know. It seems like they're going for some sort of thing close to Burnout Paradise. It might be interesting. A little to bit see of Burnout, yeah. What they do with it. Um, I'm, I'm, 
at least it has me thinking more about it than literally any other Need for Speed since Most Wanted. So it's got that going for it. Yeah. All right. What else? Okay. Uh, what else? We have one of our favorite developers, THQ Nordic. Well, I think favorite is maybe a stretch here. They own some franchises. So we've reported on THQ Nordic before. Yeah, several times. Yeah. Uh, well, their new interim reports has casually dropped a few big announcements um, <laughs> about some major game series that we've not seen in a while. Yes, it's been a while it is, since we've seen these games. It's been a while. Yes. Uh, the first is that uh, Volition is working on a new Saints Row game. What? Thank God, finally. I know. Last time we saw it was in 2013 with Saints Row 4. So this must be the next great sequel in the Saints franchise. Right. This isn't including that spin-off Agents of Mayhem. Right. Which sucked and bombed hard. Or the DLC uh, Gats Out of Hell. Which was before that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no. The team is fully, quote, deep in development mm -hmm. on the next title, which they have called a full entry. Basically, it's Saints Row V. Five. Five. Yeah, I'm absolutely down. I think it's been long enough for a new uh, Saints Row game. Uh, it's a universe that I would love to revisit. I would love to see what they do with... I uh, don't know where they can go, water. seeing as the last game yeah. was based off an alien and superpowers. Yeah, but one of the things they did la at the end of the last game, though, was basically say that the uh, that their shift... The spoilers for Saints Row 4 coming up in a second... Their spaceship is a time machine now. They can literally go to any time they want, which is why Jane Austen was the narrator. Yeah. Because, like, they were basically like, no, like, this can happen literally in time. So a Saints Through Time game would be rad and perfect. When you run out of ideas... Yeah, you do time you travel. You do time travel. And you love time travel. I love so time right travel. Up, right up your alley. So, yeah, I, I think that that's an angle that they could take here. I mean, also, it's perfect uh, satire fodder because you could make it make perfect fun of, like, Assassin's Creed that way, too. Yeah. You could, like, make fun of games who take that take place in time periods. Like that. You literally put them in um, old Italy, yeah. Renaissance. Oh, that'd be funny. And he yeah. just harasses Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, that'd be great. But, like, but because it's Saints Row, you still have access to all the modern weapons and right. costumes and crap. Because why not? Because there are no rules in the Saints universe. No. The, the rules are what you make them. As long as Keith David is back, I will play this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith David. Keith David. Uh, oh, that's great. But. Yeah. Not done. Uh, we're not done yet. Uh, no further details were given. Uh, but the most confident information is that it's coming at it's some coming. point. So expect probably some news at E3. Next Probably year. a trailer for next if year. If there is an E3 next year. If there is an E3. I have, well, the thing I haven't been putting in the news was the stuff about, like, information being leaked from the ESA servers. We did not talk about this. But let's just say that don't be surprised if there's not an E3 next year because the company that runs it is shitting the bed right now. Woo! So, yeah. It's not really a news news story, so I haven't been reporting on it. But, yeah, just know that. Well, Saints Row... The, the fifth yes. was not the only game they were talking about. What else are THQ cooking up? THQ Nordic also announced Dead Island 2 well, is, yeah. as promised, happening. It's still happening. 
Still game. Uh, the game is now being worked on by Damn Buster Studio. Damn. The studio behind 2016's Homefront, colon, The Revolution. Homefront, The Revolution. Uh, Dead Island 2 has been a troubled development, as it was originally developed at Jaeger, yeah. uh, before Sumo Digital took it over in 2016. Although it's not clear if they are still involved. As that was in 2016, we're in 2019, and haven't really heard anything. Mm. They may have hit uh, some trouble there, putting that game together. So they passed it off to a new studio, yep. but they kind of assured fans that, yes, it is still in the works. Not to worry, those uh, who love Dead Island. Still happening. Still happening. Huh. Speaking of things that are still happening. This podcast. Yes. Um, is it time to wrap up? Did you play any video games? I continued to play um, Madden. Yep. Madden 20's Face of the Sanchise mode. Yep. Um, <laughs> season 2. Gonna probably play that some more at some point. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing but sports here because I've just been playing more MLB The Show. I'm uh, continuing my season as pitcher for... Starting pitcher for the uh, the Angels, one of the starting pitchers, I should say. Oh, you took scat spot. I still have a perfect eleven game winning record. I have not lost. You're a eleven no? I have not lost a game nice. as a pitcher. Uh, That's like Nolan Ryan levels. I have pitched one uh, professional no hitter. Nice. Um, that was following my triple uh, A uh, or my double A no hitter that I also. Okay. Threw. But yeah, um, and yeah, I'm right now uh, in August 2019. Now, have you pitched a complete game yet? Oh yeah, I've pitched like three or four complete games. Okay. Uh, only recently they've been pulling me in like the eighth okay. because I've been getting tired because these freaking depending on the team. Like I've played some tough teams, and like I think the toughest team I played so far was uh, was Oakland. Hmm. Uh, the always intense Matt Chapman swung on everything I threw. Him. <laughs> so it was just a battle forever. But yeah. Um, I continue to um, learn more and more about the art of pitching, and like even watching this game as we've been podcasting, I've been like, "Ooh, that's a really good fastball!" <laughs> like thinking about like the curveballs and like like thinking about pitching in a way. You appreciate sports, yeah, getting there, a getting sport, there, slowly but surely. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So I'm still playing that. Still fun. All right, cool. More games to come. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, more games are coming out as we get into the fall here, so get ready. Yeah, okay. All right. And that will do it for us. That'll do it. That's it for and the And that'll wrap podcast. us up. So let's plug away. Plug away. If you liked what you saw, you can see us live every Wednesday night around 6.30 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And just go to YouTube.com. Search Media Vote Podcast. Find our page. You can like, subscribe, and click that bell. Once you do so, you'll get notifications. When we go live, you can also find us in podcast form. Go to Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast services and just type in Media Vote Podcast. You'll find us as well as the back catalog of our older episodes. Oh, well, all 188 plus. Ooh, yes, because I don't like have 188 like official we recorded. We have plenty of specials that you can yeah. get into as well. So yeah, uh, so start your discovery there. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaVoteCast. On Facebook, search MediaVotePodcast. Find our page, like, yes, comment. Yes, you can find us on twitch.tv slash video, video games. I do that every time. Twitch.tv slash MediaVote <laughs> if you want to watch us play video games. Um, yep. so, again, 
Don't go to twitch.tv slash video game. I cannot guarantee what you'll find there. I don't know, but uh, we should definitely look that up and <laughs> see what happens. Um, but yeah, we have uh, also have a Patreon. Yeah, we also have Patreon if you want to help us out with money uh, so that we can continue to pay our podcast hosts and other services. Please consider donating at patreon.com slash mediaboats. There you can donate as little as a dollar a month. Even that little amount can help us, so please consider it. And then lastly, we will be back next week uh, for another episode, so please tune in, join us then. For now, we're gone yep. for a week. Yep. We'll be back next week with more thoughts and news and reviews and stuff. Yes. All right. Thank Bye. you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Horse in a robe. Bye.